0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 401, and today I'm excited because we're going to be doing an update with a seven-figure brand with growth strategies, driving sales, and ranking new products, and this is since I had Jason on the show before, who runs Fortune 500 brands on Amazon and in his own e-commerce as well but we had him on episode 386. Actually it was just before Prime Day and now Prime Day is over and he has some results to share with us and also what they've done, not even thinking about Prime Day, but also doing a little bit of a pre-planning for a certain season and then building a list for that season without selling them anything right now. It's pretty cool to actually sit down with a seven figure brand and, and hear how they, they plan to grow because it's very similar to what all of us are doing and it's what we've been talking about here and he even talks about that. He's like, it's always about the basic stuff and then we just do it at scale. Right, so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm super excited for you guys to be able to uh, listen in on this and we'll probably have to do another update because uh, Jason is just awesome and he's always willing to share and he always comes prepared. He always comes with this huge bullet point list of things that they're testing and tweaking and all that stuff and he's so willing to share and it's so awesome that he's sharing the podcast, a lot of the episodes with people that are on his team to help them grow certain aspects of the business. Uh, so definitely. Do this for me. Go over to episode 386 if you have not listened to that, not now, maybe after this, and you can listen to all of that because it's really, really solid stuff. And I want you to think as far as what is one thing that you're hearing during, whether it's episode 386 or if it's this one here, 401. And pick one thing that you can do right now, and and actually Jason talks a lot about that as far as like picking that one or you know two or three things that you can work on, and then just really really focus on those and put them into play, and uh, and then you can see results. Now the other thing I'll do is remind you really quickly is to uh, download the show notes transcripts. They can be found at theamazingseller.com/401, and I have to say. Feels a little strange saying episode 401 because we're over the 400 episode hump. And if you guys have not listened to that episode, I would definitely say go back and check that out. My daughter actually did the intro to that one, which was pretty awesome. And I got a lot of compliments on that. So if you haven't heard that one, go check that out. And uh, I'm gonna stop talking now, guys, so you guys can listen to this awesome interview that we did with uh, Jason. And you're gonna learn about promotions and launching and list building and all of that stuff. But we're gonna break it down and we're gonna really dig into the nitty gritty So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with a seven-figure brand. All right. Well, I am super excited to have, well, someone that we had on that did really, really well as far as listens. A lot of downloads. A lot of people were interested in listening from this guy, a seven-figure brand uh, that we talked about, Fortune 500 company, Jason is back on to give us an update on episode 386, so if you didn't listen to that that episode, we definitely want to go back and listen to that one, because it was really, really good, and it was also like setting things up for what we were going to be testing, or Jason was going to be testing, and then we were going to come back and kind of revisit it and see how things worked. Well, Jason is back, so Jason, welcome back to the podcast, man, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, good no. Back. Th- yeah, this is exciting. And I have to say, every time that you do this, right, or, or that you, you get things ready to come on the podcast, you have this really detailed, and I'm kind of jealous because you do a really good job of breaking things down and talking about things that you're testing and things that you're working on. And you gave me this really in-depth, uh, you know, kind of like a, a point or a, a bullet point list of what we could be talking about. And there's a lot. So... I want to dig into, number one, an update. Give us an update on Prime Day and the strategies that uh, that you kind of uh, put out there and uh, and tested. So give us just like a recap really quickly. How did things go?
1: Yeah, things went well. Things went very well for us. We were about now, what, six weeks out of um, uh, Prime Day, yep. and uh, we're kind of still digesting kind of uh, what happened there and really understanding what kind of lift we have. But uh, we actually had a sevenfold increase on uh, that day for our prime day for us, which wow. people are like, wow, how, how did you do that? You know, and there, there's a lot that we did to do it, and sevenfold is a pretty big number, but uh, there's some cool things that we did. And uh, i like to, I'll dig into it
0: yeah. if you want. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, want to. So, I mean, like, so I, I guess first and foremost, like, you know, a lot of people are probably listening. They're like, well, this is a seven-figure brand. There's a lot that they're doing that is like just way beyond what I'm doing. And I want people to understand, and you and I were talking a little bit before we even got on here, all of these principles, for the most part, are things that you can do at a smaller scale. Just for you, they were you know huge because you have a bigger customer list and email list, but all that stuff was done kind of on a small scale and then scaled up. So what I really want people to understand is like anything that we're talking about right now, understand you can take one of these things and apply it and then see what the results are. And I think that's what Jason's also talking about is like a lot of the stuff that you're doing is testing there. You know, you're not you're not certain like everything's going to work. And I think there was one thing that I want to just dive into first lightning deals, because I see here you said it was kind of just mediocre. Um, so let's talk about the lightning deal cause you know, prime day is a big day anyway, without a lightning deal, you had a lightning deal or a few lightning deals. Talk about the lightning deal and kind of what happened there and your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so we had um, we had actually two going into Prime Day week. We had two that were scheduled for Prime Day, and then we had about five others for Prime Week. Mm. And I was thinking, I was kind of excited excited about to see okay, what's going to happen in Prime Day? Amazon's charging now $500 for Prime Day, thinking that our Lightning deals are always pretty predictive in terms of the total volume we can have and which products that we can uh, that work and don't work for us, um, and. There really was not much left for us on, on that Prime Day deal. For that okay. did that uh, that uh, additional five hundred dollars did not really cover the cost of uh, that offer. I know I've seen other people who sold thousands of units. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was their maybe a broader category, but uh, our products really did not uh, did not pop on uh, for our Lightning deal, which was a little disappointing, but also. Um, You don't want to have all your eggs in one basket and you have to Mm -hmm. play lots of different uh, opportunities on
0: Amazon. A- absolutely, and you know, I just realized too. I didn't even introduce Chris on the show here. Chris, are you there? I, I'm I'm here too. <laughs> Fine. Well, you know what? I I mean, uh, you know, I I kind of I was didn't... just going
2: to pop in and surprise people. But I, that, I was going to you know... say I
0: didn't even know that you were there just because we tried to get you on and then we couldn't get you on and then we finally got you on and then you were just so quiet. So anyway, welcome, Chris. But Chris, did <laughs> I you
2: muted myself because I had the hiccups and I didn't want to disturb Jason?
0: <laughs> did Did you want to talk anything about the lightning deal before we move on? As far as because uh, I know a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I got a lightning. Deal, This is going to be amazing. And, you know, I think Jason just said, like, it was just kind of OK, you know?
2: Well, and that's you, you and I get asked all the time. People are like, oh, are lightning deals worth it? And we always throw out the answer that everybody loves to hate, which is it depends. Yeah. Right. If it works for you. If your name is Nick Gamble, yeah, uh, then it always <laughs> right. seems to work for him, right? Like every time I've seen him post about a lightning deal, he sells thousands of units. And Jason, he was one of those one of those people on Prime Day. I mean, he sold out of his inventory, I think, at like before midnight. If I, rem- I mean, it was like a ridiculous mm. thing, right? And he had the same thing last year on on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Um, but if you're not gonna sell through it, then it depends. And like you said, Jason, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. And to me, that's an expensive basket. Five hundred bucks is an expensive basket, and for somebody at at Jason's scale, not it, it it's worth testing, sure. right? But Scott, you and I got offered a lightning deal, and it wasn't even on Prime Day; it was Prime Week, and it was three hundred bucks, and we yeah canceled it yeah because we said, look, we'd have to sell you know an extra two hundred units over and above what we're gonna do anyway on that to you know to make it more than like a dollar on each one because of the price they wanted it for and and the price of the lightning deal. And, you know, for 50 or 100 bucks, a lot of times it's worth it for 300 or 500. You really got to understand your margins and see, okay, if I don't sell the entire quantity, which, Jason, that sounds like part of the the issue that you ran into. Like, if I don't sell through everything that's here, am I going to make money on this? Because you're spending 500 up front and you're making a lower margin. And that's something that a lot of people miss because they go, oh, I got to offer this lightning deal. But we get asked that all the time, Scott, and it's something that we actually avoided on Prime Day and Prime Week because we had that same exact thought and that same exact issue.
0: Well, and we also didn't have the inventory, right? So we knew well, that's, that that's that's we were, the other you know, so we were gonna run out of inventory. So we knew like, why are we gonna do this if we run out of inventory? Uh, it's not going to benefit us. So we just weren't prepared really even to go like full scale out. Um, so, okay, let's, um, let's move on. So lightning deals. And I I see here, Jason, though, I want to, I'm looking at your notes. Um, and you said here, just like a little tip, um, for the lightning, uh, deal, I think it was here. Um, let's see, where was it? Or was that the liquidation tip? That was your liquidation tip. Why don't you talk a little bit about liquidation? Because I see yeah, you so, have a point there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So one of our other big moves for, um, prime Day, i think maybe why amazon's doing it this time of year is it's a good time to move through inventory right mm. it's uh we took um some of our slow moving inventory some of the inventory that we know uh wasn't moving we reduced the price almost 50 percent. and my goal the goal that we had was just move it out you know we mm. want to get get through this inventory our our q4 inventory is going to be ready to get here we're going to that's what we should be focusing on and these long-term storage fees that are coming up in August. Let's get this inventory out before we uh, we uh, incur any of those costs. So okay. what we we happened to do was once you start re- reducing the price, reducing the price to get it to a liquidation price to move, yeah. sometimes your product, the, the, the retail price of that pro- product – is too low to cover the FBA pick pack and ship fees, right? If it's $4, $6, whatever that is. So what we did, and it worked for some of our products, was we bundled them together. We created a six pack of these items and said, now we can show an 85% discount, a a bigger discount, Mm -hmm. um, and still be able to move through it and cover the cost of the pick pack and ship fees. Now, did uh,
0: did you do a six pack though yourself and then ship that in as one SKU?
1: We did, we had okay. the ability beforehand knowing that we had this inventory that gotcha. we want to move through and we were able to bundle it together, create that bundled offer. We added it though as a variant to the original SKU, right? There was a one pack, yep. this is a, now there's an individual that has volume. We had a one, three and six pack. The six pack was the one that we put on a very big discount because we want to move through significant quantities.
0: I, I got you. And, okay, so and anyone that's, that's even thinking about this, uh, I mean, I think the days of shipping in all of your inventory and letting Amazon house it is kind of over um, for a lot of us um, because, you know, you may not be able to sell through that inventory and you want to order enough to be able to, uh, you know, to have in stock and not run out of stock and not have to just reorder every time and have it shipped over. So a lot of times now, what they're, what people are doing, including myself, is you're just having a warehouse space. So I mean, and it can be just a storage unit, and then from there, if you do have those pieces, like you said, Jason, then you could create those those packs yourself, and then ship them in as a different SKU with a with a new, obviously a new UPC and a FNSQ number. So this way, here it's its own unit. But I like that idea because a lot of people say, like, well, I have this stuff and. Uh, you know, what am I going to do now? I mean, let's, I mean, just let's use an example. That's kind of obvious out there. Fidget spinners. I get people all the time. Like, how am I going to sell through these? Well, you might want to do a six pack and just get rid of the things, right? Like it's something like that, that you could throw all into one bag and create a a more, I guess, attractive, like six pack or, or four pack. And then from there you can kind of bundle them in together and make that discount seem bigger without, you know, having to do it individually. Um, okay, cool. So that's, that's a cool little strategy though for the liquidation. Um, now I also see here, um, that, um, you were talking about, I mean, you you guys did a ton of stuff and you're saying like after prime day, you guys are still seeing a consistent 30% lift, um, from this. Um, and I also see that you're saying that, and I want to go into these deeper, but I'm, I'm also seeing that you, you did have a lot of external, Stuff, traffic, list, all that stuff that you were also driving over there, which is then going to help lift the Amazon, you know, algorithm and all that stuff and sales. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, and and that's really the secret of how we got a sevenfold increase on Prime Day it was if we did nothing I would have said we probably would have got a 30% lift okay. right? and that's what um, we saw that with our sponsored product campaigns we saw about 30% lift but the reality is we drove a lot of the traffic to Amazon and really co-promoted that hey this Prime Day it's a cool event come shop now you know jump mm-hmm. on that hype so mm-hmm. uh, that's really how we got a seven fold increase um, okay. and the first big one was uh, the email list that we've been building over the past year right we have our um, customers we've been doing it getting emails from giveaways from uh, um, click through to get an offer to to, um, to send them an email with an offer in it so we have an email house file that we've built of these customers um, who've ordered from us previously um, to be able to market to them to be mm-hmm. able to tell them hey it's prime day come shop our sale um, come uh, you you have an exclusive offer here using maybe sometimes a, a promo code to uh, to shop a exclusive offer on one of our, our, on our product pages or our storefront that we actually had going.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think people would think to themselves, you're like, man, Jason, you got this big house list. Why wouldn't you just drive them to your own e-commerce store and not pay Amazon? But you understand that pushing that product through Amazon and getting those sales, they are going to then, want to push you more because you're starting to get sales and they know that people are buying it. So they're going to want to give you a little bit of ranking love in a sense and start letting you be seen with frequently bought together and this, that, and the other thing. And you understand that so you're willing to take, I'll call it a loss in a sense, right? Because you could have saved that money in-house if you didn't use the pick and pack, but you know that that's kind of like almost like part of your advertising budget, if you will.
1: Is that correct? Exactly. Exactly, and that's where I can tell you. The next six weeks or so, we've had a thirty percent lift, doing nothing. Right? It's mm. been is the we had good conversion rate that day because we drove hot traffic to there. They saw an increase in sales, so now we probably moved ahead in the specific categories on products ahead of um, our competitors if they didn't do anything those days.
0: Mm. So. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, and, and let, let me ask you this, though, because there's people, in, including ourselves, I mean, we're, we're in a situation right now, we blew out of about 1,500 units like really quickly. <laughs> and, and so now we're out of stock um, and we are supposed to get stock, I think, in three days, Chris, four days, something like that. Um, So we're going to be back in stock. Um, what's your strategy generally when you get back in stock and you want to ramp things up again? What is your strategy at your level level and at your scale, like what do you guys do to kind of get the ball rolling again?
1: Yeah, we go back to thinking of it as a, a new product and have a launch campaign again. Like, what? How are we going to get go out of the gate with this product, knowing that we're ready to we're ready to show Amazon that this product's ready to, to sell again? So, if it's an email list, if it's an uh, email that goes out, if it's a Facebook ad that goes out, if it's an offer that goes out, to really try and stimulate those sales again and say pop here it is yep. we're ready to start selling again yep um, okay so uh, we, we don't we actually when we sell out of products and we do have quite a few of um, a lot of products we have probably have over 800 that we talk about we actually have been turning them off mm. um, so the onesies twosies that come back in and we have uh, size ranges so it could be a, a bad experience when the customer's sitting that that actually reduces that um, conversion rate significantly on that page we actually have been turning products off um, on Amazon and say, okay, now the product's back. We're ready to go turn it back on. And it gets all the juice obviously it had before, um, but it didn't have this lull period of, well, one was in stock. Now it was gone and it was on, it was off, it was on, it was off type of thing. So Mm. it's uh, um, working pretty well with us for our overall account to have higher conversion rates, which we think help as well.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Great advice. Um, Okay. I'm moving down the list here and I'm kind of bouncing around a little bit, but um, you have here you know, like email list, okay? And you talk about how you mailed your customer file um, that you've been building for, for over a year, okay? And then you said here like number one, the email or email number one was pretty broad in talking about Prime Day and, uh, and your shop and, and you kind of like in the sale was just kind of mediocre. Um, you didn't show a sale price and you just, you kind of showed like, you know, just your line, you know, your product line. The second email you said was very specific to four products. You talked specifically about Prime Day deals and you gave an exact price point of the product. And then you said that sold very well. Can you speak to that?
1: Yeah, I think um, when people are opening in emails, they want to know exactly what the, I, I, I feel that they want to know exactly mm. what that product is, exactly what the price point is to qualify them. So when they're clicking through, they know what they're getting. Mm. And uh, I think the one email we, we sent to them was too broad. It was sell shop amazon amazon prime shop uh celebrate with us type of thing and the click through wasn't that high and then when they got to our storefront page it was like well here's a whole bunch of stuff i don't know what i'm supposed to be mm-hmm. looking at yeah but when you target them on this specific product is on sale Do, like here's a special offer with the exact price point that that you're going to be paying got it i want it click through and buy so i think there was some pre-qualifying we did before that to get the quality traffic to it, but the customer knew exactly what they were looking at and can say yes or no much more quickly than doing that browse and probably getting lost on Prime Day other
0: places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I mean we've we've been doing that too pretty much. It's like if we're whether we're gonna we wanna stimulate sales over here, then we're gonna we're gonna focus on that one product versus saying like here's the entire product line. Um, now, right. I'm interested I'm interested to 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 hear on this though because I know you were talking about. And I want to talk about Facebook click to buy. You have that here, and I think that's interesting. And you spent like five grand and almost no sales, and, and <laughs> you, you, you you know you kind of went on about that. So I want to talk about that and kind of how you can turn that around. But I want to hear how did it work when you said that you were going to run Facebook ads to your product pages or your, I'm sorry, your, your category pages or just your, uh, your product line page, right? Like, so it's kind of like your storefront on Amazon. And then from there they would go and select the product. So this way here, we didn't hurt the conversions on the listing. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Did you end up doing that? How did that work?
1: That, um, so it, uh, we had two two different campaigns that worked. It was similar to that email campaign. The broader one that we had was just basically shop our our storefront. Sell, okay. uh see Amazon Prime and it came to a storefront page, okay. and we got traffic to it. But then it wasn't converting. They weren't moving forward. Okay. But then we were very again very specific about the very specific product line. Going to a what we really did was a search results page, which had. Um, a, our brand name and a, two or three keywords that were very specific to those products we sh- we were showing them in the Facebook ad, they had, the Facebook ad had a much higher click-through rate, but then when they hit that page, they were much more likely to uh, to convert. Okay. So um, that definitely helped. And then um, in both cases, we really protected the product pages for that the quality traffic that uh, really we're looking to convert.
0: Okay, so just so people can get a visual on that. So basically you had a Facebook ad that was targeting. Now, I see here you're targeting your email list and then a lookalike. So were you taking your current email list, uploading it into Facebook, and then creating a lookalike list? Exactly. Or a lookalike yep. audience? Okay, cool. Yep. And then from there, you were then putting an offer in front of them that you felt would um, grab their attention. And then from there, you were directing them to your storefront page or your product page on Amazon. Um, and, and, and then from there, they can decide what they wanted. That, and I just want people to kind of give people kind of like a, they can actually see it. Um, in their mind, cause we're doing an audio version here, but, um, okay. So, and you say here that you spent five grand and almost no sales and you said you can get burned. Um, but if you offer a very specific product with sales velocity, uh, or I'm sorry, price point, um, uh, like a, a two in one in return, um, you're, you, you guys did okay with doing that versus doing something that was more broad. I think that's what you're saying. Yep. You got, you okay. Got it. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. All right. Chris, is there anything you want to talk about that before we move on to like Facebook giveaway and email collection? Because I think that's going to be an interesting topic.
2: Yeah, I think I think there's kind of an overarching lesson here to be learned. One, Jason, I think it's really cool that you guys aren't afraid, and you and I have had this conversation before, that you guys aren't afraid to mail your house file to Amazon. Now, for for those of you guys who listen to the podcast, like we talk mostly about Amazon here, right? But Jason, you you were kind of an e-commerce first business. You have a full e-commerce site and you're still driving traffic to Amazon. A lot of people with full e-commerce sites are worried about driving traffic to Amazon because they think their customer is going to be gone forever, right? And I think it's really cool that you guys understand that there's a difference there. So I wanted to call that out. But the other lesson that comes out of both your email and that Facebook ad is you, generally speaking, want to always tell customers what you want them to do, Yeah. right? And you you saw it both in the Facebook ad where you spent $5,000 and got virtually no sales, and you saw it in the email where you say, hey, here's this cool thing, right? But when you said, hey, I want you to buy this one, they go and buy it. And people always say that they hate being told what to do, but people love being told what to do, <laughs> right? And you'll see the same thing if you guys test this for yourself. If any time that you can call out a specific offer, a specific product, and drive people to that, you will generally see that perform better. Mm. You'll get a lower click through rate because people will say, "Well, I don't want that one," but you'll generally get a better conversion rate and higher sales overall. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's perfect. And
1: uh, and then on Facebook, you're paying on a click basis, so
2: I want right. I click. want fewer people to click. Yeah, yep. if they're not going to buy.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I I love that. Okay, let's move on because I love where we're going now. We're going to go into Facebook giveaway um, slash email collection, and I love I love this. Jason, because you guys are almost pre-planning, okay, for the season when you are going to be emailing these people. So in a sense, you're collecting emails today to email them in the season. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I love this and I want you to go really deep into this because I think this is interesting. And I think, I mean, what I'm reading here, I mean, 50 cents per email, but your, your whole, your whole goal here was to do something fun as far as a giveaway to kind of celebrate Prime Day, but really only collect email addresses and not so much the sale. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah. So one of our product category lines is a very seasonal product. I'm going to throw out example of gingerbread houses, yep. right? When do people want to buy gingerbread houses? It's for Christmas season, right? Sure. But I have an audience that I can target who are Will be in market for that, right? We we sold them that type of product last year, mm-hmm. and we can we built lookalike campaigns off of that. So I know who to go target, and these people aren't getting targeted as aggressively in July, mm-hmm. right? So the the ad spend out there or it, the impressions, the cost per thousand to to advertise them is very low, mm-hmm. right? Because it's off season for them. It's just it's just a group that that isn't in season right now buying, sure. right? So, and if I talk to them to go buy that product today, they're going to be like, why would I want to buy that today? You know, like there's no, there's, I have no urge to buy it now, but it's an interesting concept. I like it. I like the idea. I want to be informed more about it. Mm. So what we did basically was did a giveaway, um, a contest that was over the top, basically the deluxe item, um, to basically think of like Christmas in July type of celebration Mm -hmm. that was that related to the products we were selling um, in Christmas to make sure it was definitely the relevant market to this, this this customer base and all our goal was to collect email addresses and mm. we could get a very cheap click through um, because it was, it wasn't competitive marketplace right now and it was for a contest gi- a giveaway of um, this product that was a similar product um, and all our goal was to collect email addresses and basically literally send them a thank you and sending them a a thank you email to make sure see who's open see who has some engagement there mm. but i wasn't going to market them i wasn't going to try and sell them a product now it was basically now i have these names i know when i'm getting in season when it's september and october and it's getting closer to the the their buying time i can now go market to them and i already have this connection with them and i have this email list of names so when i want to launch my product when it's the right time to launch it boom, I have a a pool of names to now go target.
0: I love that. My question is this, and I know it's going to be questions of people listening. Okay. You're doing this. What are you
2: doing between now and then? What's that? (laughs) What are you doing between now and then?
0: Yeah. There you go, Chris. Like we think alike, right? I know. That's why I
2: started laughing because I was like, Gosh, darn it. He started talking before I did. He's going to ask the same question. I that beat I'm you to ask. it.
0: Uh, so, <laughs> so, so what do you do? What do you do in the meantime? Like the, the list is going cold. How do we keep them warm? Or don't you care? You just warm them up with some content when you start getting ready to, to kind of get them primed up, ready to go. Is that your kind of mindset? Or do you kind of try to keep them engaged up until that point? We're
1: going to do a few uh, like sneak peeks are coming soon or um, kind of some, uh, ins uh, Added content about the category okay. of what we're talking about, but okay. we're not trying to sell them, right? Our okay. product's not out yet. Right. We know the conversion rate's going to be low. Yep. Um, so, and it, it's it's um, few and far between. Say between now and three months when we want to really hit them up with the sale, we'll probably email them once or twice a month with gotcha. some content. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, okay. And, but but and it, it's hard. You know, we spent the yeah. money to acquire these names and you're, you're holding them, right? You're, you're, yeah. But uh, we, you got to know when to hit them up at the right time.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think that's that's one of those things that, um, you know, and you're housing these lists. So it, it's going, to, uh, eventually, it's going to start costing you more money when you house these lists. And if they're not producing, then you got to kind of do a cleanse and stuff. When does the cleanse happen for you guys? Do you guys like maybe send them a couple emails before and see who's opening and then get rid of the people that aren't opening? Or do you just, you don't care?
1: Um, we'll make sure that the list stays, is meeting our thresholds of what open and click deliverabilities and deliverability rates to make sure that it's still a, uh, healthy list, but we'll hit them up pretty aggressively, um, through that, through the season, right. And then maybe coming up to the end of the season, depending what inventory have. And again, another way to move through some inventory at the end of the season is be more aggressive with an offer with them. And then after that season's over, we'll figure, we'll then cleanse the
0: list that we have. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Uh, Chris, anything you want to add on that before we move on to another cool topic here, which uh, I see in all caps, huge, huge, huge (laughs) success, and that's Facebook Live events, so I want to talk about that too. So, Chris, anything you want to talk about about the email stuff?
2: I I think that's that's very interesting that you guys are doing that, and Jason, I'm curious to see what happens with that list, and I I know – A lot of people and i know like you and i have had this conversation in the past you guys are very conscious of all of those things right you don't you don't do anything and then kind of forget about it you do it very intentionally um but a lot of people would forget about that that small follow up and my general suggestion to people is at least twice a month ideally once a week to follow up with those people but if if what you're doing is really holding them and there's nothing that you want to offer them other than a couple pieces of content and you know that, you know what is it, middle of September maybe, that you're gonna start talking about gingerbread houses, then you can you can kind of get away with it, but you do wanna keep that list warm because if you don't send them anything between now and then, it starts to get weird for people. Um, and then you see some of those decreases. So I'm glad to hear that you guys are doing a little bit of follow-up there. Yep, yep. And Here, it, it doesn't surprise me at all <laughs> knowing, it, knowing what you guys do. And here's another just uh,
1: numbers of why it works is when we're in season, we pay up to a dollar twenty-five click mm. cost per click in Facebook. We got these clicks to this giveaway for seventeen cents. Wow. We were blown away that we could get a click off of Facebook for seventeen cents on mm. average.
0: Mm. So
2: twenty percent right? give or take. Yeah. So. And was that a, a was that
0: a video ad or was that a, a just a regular image ad? Like, what was the ad? Regular image ad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cool. That, that's awesome. No, that's you know. I, but again, you're you're forecasting, right? You're 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 kind of prepping and planning. So many people want to just drive traffic to a direct offer, like right now, like and they just want to get the sale. And, and I get emails all the time, like Scott, it's not converting. Or I built the email list. Here here's another one I get a lot. I built the email list. I emailed them once, and I didn't do that well with it. And that's it. Like done. Like I'm like, well, number one, you have to keep them warmed up. And Number two, you can't just email them once, and you got to have. We always do like some type of like deadline, so that way there there's a little bit of scarcity um, in in that play. Do you guys add any deadlines? Like it's going to expire or anything? Definitely,
1: we do. Especially okay. when we're when uh, when we're launching products, we want those sales pretty quickly too. Mm. So it's like introductory offer. You know, it's almost the reverse of when new product lines come out and it's like full retail price and then people start reducing it, we actually start a little bit the opposite and say introductory offer for the exclusive members we have for
2: these five days only.
0: Mm. So note
2: note the languaging there, guys, that, you know, it's an exclusive offer. It's an introductory offer. And it's only for the people in this club, right, or in this thing. It's exclusive to you because you're important to us. Mm. Right And that's that's the language that makes and drives all of that stuff. One, you're giving them the deadline, which is huge. and and I think it's interesting, Jason, that you guys did send two prime day emails. Now, were those back to back? Were those a split test? Uh, or were those at different times to the same list?
1: Uh, it, they were different times to the same list. We actually okay. did uh, we actually did three during that thirty hour time period we sent. Three and that, emails. that's
2: exactly kind of what we talk about, right? when you're when you're doing anything in terms of a sale, and we talk about this for product launches, you're gonna send the first one, and that's just gonna let everybody know. They're getting, you know, the product at a discount because they're important to us. Right. And it's going to expire on Sunday. Okay. We then send a second email. Hey guys, just wanted to remind you that it's still there. And then Sunday we're going to send one. Hey, it's expiring today. And what you'll see is you'll see a big spike both at the beginning and at the end. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you're letting people know about it both times. They know that they're getting it because it's important to them. And they know that they're getting a deal and that they won't get it if they don't get it by Sunday. So it's extremely important when you're doing something like that.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, I think that's like uh, if, if I mean, if you had someone that had a business and you just introduced, number one, building a list, but then also sending out three emails like with the right languaging, the right headline, the right hook, all that stuff like that could be a huge bump for that business. Um, and I love it that, you know, we can do this on a small scale or you can do it on a big scale, you know, like Jason uh, is, is talking about here, which I think is really cool. Um, all right, moving on, cause I know we've got so much to cover. I wanna try to get this in without like missing a few things. And I think we're gonna have to probably do another follow up, Jason, <laughs> cause you always bring so much to, I'm like, how do I even condense this down? Um, but it's awesome. I'm so, I'm so glad that you're willing to share cause this is really cool. Facebook Live. You weren't even talking about Facebook Lives the last time we talked, Um, and I see that you're pretty excited by the all caps uh, that you put in here. Huge,
2: huge, huge success.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I just want you to walk us through Facebook Live and kind of how you guys used it, what you did, um, and how were the results.
1: Yeah. So this was our, we've had a Facebook fan page, right? For, I'm going to probably say six years now, right? We're an established e-commerce brand. And kind of when everybody was jumping on the bandwagon of building a page and getting your fan base up, we did that, right? And we never could monetize it, right? How much revenue could you actually generate back to your site from the, from these people? And it was like, and and then the organic post that you did stopped getting visibility and then everything became paid and now the paid you can really measure that but so we've had this engaged facebook audience that we can talk to that we've been talking to regularly who um we can we've been providing content they like us they they um, help us introduce new products we give them um we talk to them in terms of uh, do you like this new, should we be introduced go in this direction or this direction or mm. things that are engaging with our brand? We have a story to tell and people want to hear us. Mm. We have another product line that they just want the product. They don't want to engage with us, but this For one of our product lines, people are engaged and I think they pay attention to our fan page. So what we did was on this fan page, we basically said special announcement coming out on July July 11th, stay tuned, 10 a.m., join us, our Facebook live event. And we peppered them for probably about two weeks beforehand that we're doing something cool. Right. And so we wanted to get people ready to go. So we didn't want to have this Facebook live event and be like, oh, nobody showed up. Right. So we now, tried are you to-
0: driving people there from your email list too?
1: We were not. We did not step into that yet. The answer is we will be definitely next time. (laughs) Okay. But so, okay.
0: So just so people are clear and so I'm clear. So you just basically had your Facebook fan page. You made all of this announce or these announcements and kind of like you're talking about the engagement is strictly on just the Facebook fan page and whatever traffic you got from that, you got from that. Exactly. Gotcha. And just, just, I mean, can, can you share like how big is that fan page?
1: Uh, we have we have about uh, thirty thousand.
0: Okay, so it's uh, not fans. it's not. I mean, it's it's big, but it's not. Not,
1: it's not massive,
0: but it's it's thirty thousand. Exactly. It's yeah. to me. I mean, most people in a in a brand can build that. And you did that over six years. Um, yeah. We we started one recently, and we're up over seven thousand fans already. Yeah. And that's just yeah. from running ads. And then we didn't add we didn't do ads to to get likes. They just naturally come because we're running ads through our Facebook fan page. Um, but anyway,
1: yeah. the, the Facebook piece was uh, in terms of our business was this kind of like little offshoot going on uh, over here that we could never monetize, never put gotcha. energy behind. Now gotcha. it's like, Hey, wait, now we can <laughs> right. momentum here. Right, right, um, right.
0: Okay, cool. So, uh, all right. You made this announcement. You're on Facebook. Um, it's just a fan page. It's not a group, right? It's just a fan page. So it's, anybody can just like yep. it like the fan page. Um, okay. Yep. So go ahead. So now what happens?
1: We had, um, our Facebook live event was with our brand manager and our product development. Um, So the face of the brand, who we want people to Mm -hmm. recognize as these people are connected to the brand. They're real people. They're making the real real products. So we wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure it was very um, put the face to a brand. Right. Um, And we started off open our Facebook live with, Hey, thank you for joining us. Here's how many people we have like, and share this to try and get it out there to see, to create this buzz of, Hey, we're live. We have a cool, um a cool announcement to make and before we really got to the announcement because it takes some time to get people to have your facebook live get shared out mm-hmm. um we did a couple giveaways you know we said uh, hey comment on here where are you from and a- ask us any questions and we were trying to be engaging for the first five eight minutes mm-hmm. and then um then we basically hit hit them and like hey it's pr- hey did you guys know it's prime day celebrate with us we have we're introducing a new product specifically on Amazon. It's an Amazon exclusive product, and we're launching it on Prime Day to celebrate. And uh, the call to action was in the in the um, banner of it was click here to sign up to get a exclusive offer on our product introduction that we have Hmm, right so we had this facebook live event going on they could interact talk to us we were talking all about the product all about the features of the product um why it's why we're introducing it now kind of a little bit of why we partnered with with uh with amazon um but it was there there was a clear call to action of click here to get your offer right Hmm. click here to um to uh join to celebrate with us to get an additional 15% off, um, this product. Now, where was
0: that um, link placed? Was that in a comment below or was that a URL that you guys redirected them to? Like where, where were they clicking?
1: It was a URL under the main text under okay. the main, uh, yeah. So it was, and
2: it was in the body of the post.
1: It was in the body of the post. Correct. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Just,
2: just something you guys may want to try, Jason, uh, also drop that URL in the first comment
1: Yep. or, or, we, or, yeah, or a comment
2: were... and then pin it.
1: Yeah. yeah, we had people. That's exactly how we did it. When people asked, "How do I click enter?" we we did uh, also it to comments. Somebody was following along, and then we did we did pin it as cool. well. That was in um, in live. Okay. So we had um, so we are kind of excited that people joined us. Right, we had a hundred viewers basically on average during the time period we were on for eighteen minutes. That's great. Um, it ended up being twenty two hundred total views by end. So we we're Hi. like. That was um, pretty exciting there, but then the key, what we did after that was even more exciting because it had. When people share and like a Facebook uh, Facebook Live post, I think Facebook likes these live events, oh, right? Yeah. They like it for some. It's kind of like organic traffic was, or their organic posts were years ago, where they actually get visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got in people's news feeds uh, pretty quickly. But then what we did was we put a few bucks behind. We took that live event basically used that as our creative ad and then boosted that event and then to our fan page and then a lookalike group off of that. And that's really where it took off and kept the that Facebook Live event. It wasn't just 18 minutes long, it lasted for um, two days of continuing to get comments and shares and likes and people entering the, the contest for us for this product. So we were pretty excited that we created a video asset yeah. to use for a ad
0: yeah no I, that's that's awesome that you said that number one because i i didn't know that you were going to even share a facebook live stuff before we got on and then i looked through the notes be, before and i'm like oh wait a minute that's right he was going to talk about facebook live this is really like this is a big nugget for anyone and some people be thinking to themselves like well how do i do a facebook live because i don't really have a face this is where you can either find an influencer in your in your space that could do one for you or you would then try to add someone to your brand that could be the face of the brand and this can really be powerful the other thing I want to add is that you took this now yours was more or less kind of a time thing though so yours you can't like take that now and reuse it but with what happened and I'm pretty sure you're probably already thinking along these lines but creating an asset right now that you can almost test, right? You're going to test something and then you're going to see how well it does live. But you're also going to keep in the back of your mind that you probably want to have something that could be evergreen. So now what you can do is you can push that post after the fact just you know, and you can decide how well it did on the live and then you can put a few bucks behind it and see how well it does um, that way. The other cool thing that we found And this was totally by accident is we did a (laughs) Facebook live and it was really like just demoing the product, but then also showing, you know, different ways to use it and stuff. And, um, I, I, I don't know if it was through there or our email list, but it got shared on a huge group, massive group. And then we ended up selling through all of our inventory in like less than like 10 hours. Like we sold, and we only had like 500 units. So we sold through like really fast. Um, so It also made us say, holy crap, like when we get that product back in, we probably want to put some ad spend behind that because it did really well into another group. And that, you know, also, um, you know, can can continue to kind of bring in sales. Um, And then the other thing that we found out is when it when we ran out of stock because we had a redirect link, we were able to then intercept the traffic and then push them to a landing page and start collecting emails for a wait list which I think is another important uh, thing for people to understand as far as if you're doing anything like this, drive them to a link that you control. It can be a URL um, that you buy through GoDaddy and then you just redirect it or a pretty link or some type of redirect link plugin. Uh, Chris, you wanna add anything or Jason, anything more on the Facebook Live stuff?
2: I I think Facebook Live is huge and Jason, you pointed out something that people might just glaze over and I wanna kinda highlight. You said you created a video asset right you created an ad yep basically but you're providing value so people don't see it as an ad even when you do that as a boosted post you're adding a value there it's really difficult to add value or to showcase stuff in an ad especially like the facebook ad types right and facebook lives i think are incredible for that one video ads at least in my testing tend to outperform text or image based ads and jason i don't know if you guys have had the same experience with that um but the video creation is the thing that always holds people up right and scott like even even us you know we we tested a video ad in our first giveaway in the new brand and you and i were talking about it and i said yeah we should probably test a video ad so we just created a gif yep right cuz we didn't have you know we didn't have the time or the energy or you know, the, the monetary resources to create a video, so we created a GIF. But if you could jump on and do a Facebook Live talking about what you're doing for the giveaway, you can then use that. It doesn't have to be like this really well-produced video. It's raw, it's real, and people really respond to that. And I think that's huge. And the, the other thing, Scott, that you pointed out is that you should always be using a link that you control. Mm. Right? Do not link this straight to the Amazon page. Do not link this straight to the, you know, the checkout page have the link redirect. And and the reason for that is exactly what you just said, Scott. We blew through a few hundred units in less than 24 hours. And the only reason that we were able to kind of salvage some of that additional traffic that continued to come, we doubled and tripled the number of people who saw that Facebook live by doing nothing other than getting it shared in a a larger group. We would have lost out on all of that traffic if we didn't control that link. And we thinking on our feet swapped out the landing page from the Amazon landing page to a landing page that we controlled, and we were able to capture, capture I think it's, it's well over 100 email addresses, mm. right, of people who are raising mm-hmm. their hand and saying, as soon as this thing is back in stock, email me and tell me I want to buy it, right? <laughs> and going back to what Jason said earlier, you know, when they stock back in on our product, they're trying to do a launch again. Well, guess what? We have 100 people who have said that they're willing to buy the product day one when it's in stock, and you better believe that we're going to hit that list up. As soon as we can.
0: And the crazy thing so. is, though, is we, we we did our Facebook live without it even being a discount and it got shared right. and we sold it at full price. So it wasn't even a discount involved. So, again, now you're starting to say to yourself, well, maybe I should do a discount, and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we didn't even try. It just kind of happened, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I think
2: it, I think the other thing that people need to keep in mind. And, Jason, this is something that you'll see is like the more you do Facebook lives, the faster they get traction because people start to see it. They start to click the, you know, notify me. So Jason, I'm curious to see if you do like two or three of these in the future, what happens in terms of your live concurrent viewers and your total viewers by the end, Mm. because you should see that number start to sneak up because people get notified a little bit faster if they've interacted with the videos and and stuff in the past. So I'm I'm curious to see what happens as you do those. And Jason, so uh,
0: like now that that's happened, like, so is that part of like, you know, your guys is like uh strategy. Are you guys going to be focusing a little bit more on Facebook fan page and Facebook lives now?
1: Yeah. Facebook live definitely has um, some momentum there. And We have already mapped out the next three that we're planning to do. So nice. it's, it's exciting and we will be tapping our email list kind of to tell them as added value here, Hey, join us on us our Facebook live event. So to well, try and get that traction out of the gate.
0: And, and the cool thing with that though, and again, a lot of people, again, going back to the email list and you keep kind of hearing us kind of go back to that. But the the cool thing is, is when you, you know, people look at just the sale, but now you're able to, to take those people, drive them over to a free piece of content that you're going to be doing live, and they're going to be able to help you not by even buying it, but by sharing it now, right? And then that can blow everything up. So I'm really excited to see what happens. So again, we'll have to have you back on. you have to give us an update on what happens with these Facebook lives, because I think that's going to be huge. For you guys in doing this because now you kind of i think you were just kind of like at first first you're kind of like ah we'll just try to see what happens you're not i'm not really expecting too much and then all of a sudden you're like oh my gosh like i think we should probably kind of double down on this a little bit and kind of play around in this and see what happens uh so now that's that's exciting stuff i think that's going to be uh it's gonna be good for you guys um anything else you want to add on that or what else did you want to discuss before we wrap up i know we've got maybe about another. 10 or 12 minutes before we wrap up. And I know we've got a bunch more that we could cover, but um, what else did you want to kind of go into, or maybe some big takeaways that you wanted to kind of leave people with?
1: Uh, I just want, I had a little story here of even a a bigger brand who is um, pretty, I would say has been successful on Amazon runs into some problems, right? And uh, I had a little story here. We were trying to, uh, to move through one of our products, liquidate one of our products, and we had a lot of the inventory. We had, um, thousands of units, and uh, we discounted the product pretty uh, pretty aggressively, and fi- and started seeing momentum, started seeing the sales, and when you start getting attention uh, and seeing this volume, other people are probably paying attention to you too, right? Probably looking around, mm-hmm. and we had hijackers jump on our listings, mm-hmm. and we had to go figure out how to get them off our listings. We're brand registered. We went to the brand registry, filed a complaint. (laughs) They ended up turning off our listing instead of their listing, which caused even more problems. We had to escalate that. Um, It took another 24 hours or so for them to, uh, to, to figure out the right listing. But then we ran into this awkward problem. And talking about liquidating product is, I haven't heard many people talking about this, but there's A min max field in Amazon. If you set your price too low, it gives you these low inventory warnings, and your product can get automatically shut off because Amazon's actually thinking you actually priced it too low. That um, uh, there's an error going on. So we were running into problems with this new with this min max field and price setting um, that we had to adjust. So we had a nightmare, and it was all the whole goal was to move through this inventory, and it was. It was one problem after the next, after the next, after the next, mm. and uh, sometimes you just gotta realize that you know what, it, it's not gonna work, and figure out how to take your loss before you get too invested and, and headaches of trying just to um, move through inventory.
0: That's a that's a that's a good lesson learned, but man, it's a painful one for sure. Uh, and that's interesting. Like, and i just wonder like, we don't know what that low price point is, right? And uh, until you get into a situation like this, or do you have any insight on that, Jason?
1: There is a metric in Amazon that says if you price it six times lower than the max retail price, it's gonna potentially give you a warning. Hmm. Then interestingly, if you set that price, a min-max field, there's another pretty vague statement in Amazon that says if you set those fields, Amazon has the ability to change the price as they see fit within your within that range, which is mind-boggling, because I thought I could control the the, the listing mm. and the price. And then you just actually, by um, adjusting those fields, you gave Amazon the ability to adjust your price. So we had we didn't know what
2: was going on. So wow. interesting. Well, this enough. is something that, that, that I've actually had a theory about for a while, because there's also an issue where if you come in at a higher price point than your competitors, um, that you don't end up in the buy box on your own listing. And mm-hmm. it's like I, I've seen it where if you come in two or three times above, right, it's FBA. Everything is set up correctly. They just say, oh, yeah, uh, no. And then when you lower the price back down, magically you're in the buy box. And if you lower it too low, you lose the buy box. <laughs> it's like, OK, so they're, they're they're trying to figure out what the like correct range is. And if you come in and try to sell a garlic press for a million dollars, it kind of trips them up and they go, a garlic press is not worth a million dollars, dude. Come on. You know, there's something shady going on, and the same thing probably happened to you guys, Jason, on the other side, where they said, "Well, normally this sells for forty bucks, but they're selling it for a dollar eighty five. Something is weird, exactly. And, and they do that yeah. to try to protect you, but <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't necessarily yeah. always play in your favor, yep,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, ok. So yeah, that's that's crazy. And uh, again, it's, uh, you can sit here and say, well, you know, Jason's, you know, got brands that are doing great and they're, you know, uh, you know, they have no problems. Everything is great. Listen to everything that they're doing. But there's there's those things, too. And and there's struggles. And it's like it's like I've said before, it doesn't matter if you just bought a franchise or if you started up a brick and mortar, you're going to have issues. It's just, you know, these are these are part of the business of e-commerce uh, or the problems of, of being in business and e-commerce. And it just happens that Amazon is one of those channels. Um, so just understand that going into this, but everything can be can be solved in, in a sense. It's just gonna take some time and you're gonna learn through that process. And like you said, Jason, I mean, you learned pretty much that this whole thing that you wouldn't have known if we didn't price too low and then have Amazon take over your listing in a sense. So um, that can be frustrating though, for sure. Um, I do wanna leave people with a couple of things here that you had made notes to and really just like you had here, like never stop innovating or innovating. So why don't you talk a little bit about that And, um, and also what you feel is a huge part of, of being successful in business. So if you can just kind of wrap up with that.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, sometimes you can get too comfortable with these products are selling and they're continue to sell. Um, but it's always definitely very important to kind of see how are you going to, Keep adapting, keep adjusting, and what's the next product or product within that space that uh, really is going to uh, be the next launching point for um, to keep your momentum growing. Um, so tools like Jungle Scout or tools like Scope that are out there that really can help, uh, that you should be paying attention to uh, what's going on, who else is out there, and not um, feel comfortable that you're, hit, you're hitting your sales targets today, but what, what could potentially change mm. with that? And part of that innovation too is um, always staying on top of what's changing with Amazon. Amazon changes things so frequently. If it's early review program, they just introduced headline search ads. If they're the new storefronts, um, how to get how to get feedback? Um, there's so many different things that you need to be figure, figuring out. How how do they apply to you? And how are you going to kind of? St- stay with the competition in terms of the other sellers doing this stuff to know, um, to, to stay quote uh, with the game or ahead of the game to, uh, to know what's going on.
0: Mm, no, that's, so. that's, you know, those are, those are some great, uh, great points because again, it's always changing and you kind of have to stay up on those things. And some things are really cool. Like, you know, like headline search ads now, and it's like, okay, so now we got to play around with that. And again, we can probably dig into all those different topics that you have here, which we'll probably have to do on another episode, but you know, there's there's a lot of things that are changing and, and there's a lot of things you can do. But he also said here, you know, really like kind of focus on what you're good at and 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 kind of like what's working now. And then just kind of, you know, keep that momentum and then kind of grow that thing. Um, like we're talking about a lot of different things that you can do, but it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't it doesn't mean you have to do everything all at once. And I, I kind of want to leave people with this. Um I, I want them to to understand, like for you guys, like you would think like this massive, you know, brand awareness and all of this stuff. But when you launch a product on Amazon, it's pretty much it's a new product, right? You, you, it, you, you go ahead. Go ahead.
1: It, it, it's a new product. And interestingly, 10 by 10 by one, right? That's, <laughs> right. We're, we're looking for that Weird. as well at an individual product level. That's sometimes that looks like success for us.
0: Yeah right. so you're you're looking at the basics and and from there the only thing that I see that you have a pretty good advantage you you have two things I think Number one, you have an account that you're selling product through. So you have an account that's semi-seasoned, right? You have an account that has sales history, all of that stuff, which I've said in in the past that that will, over time, as you build and you grow and you get sales consistently and you take care of your customers, you have good feedback, all that stuff, your account gets a little bit better as far as like when you launch a product, they may say, you know what, they've been around a while. We're going to put them a little bit ahead of someone that's just starting. So that's number one. Number two is you understand email list building and driving traffic to Amazon to spike the algorithm, to spike sales, and to get the momentum started. Like, that's it. Like, those are the two things that if people would understand, like, everything else is kind of like just routine. Like, you have to, you know, you have to do a listing, you have to optimize it. Like, all that stuff is kind of like the roadmap, right? It's like, you just have to follow the blueprint, but- the other stuff going up there, you guys start off with a brand new listing, never sold anything through that listing. You have to go ahead and fully optimize pictures, all that stuff, back end, all that, start your pay-per-click, but then you have something that some people don't have, and that's an email list to push sales. And now with Facebook Lives and stuff, that's going to be a whole nother little channel that you guys can drive stuff through. But Would you say that that's accurate?
1: That, that's accurate. Yeah. And the, the other part of, part of that is, um, the bigger you get, the harder it gets sometimes to launch products because you have processes that you try need to mm. follow. Right. And you have to, from step one to step 55, it's, uh, it's hard. So sometimes it's easier when you're smaller to be like, okay, here we go. We're going to get this product launch. Boom, boom, boom.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta almost go through all of those different, those different uh, channels or departments in a sense. Um, you know what I mean? Like you have to kind of go through the procedures that the uh, you know that the brand is set up. Which as you get bigger, you have to start thinking about these things. So I think um, I think the
2: other thing, Scott, before we transition topics, the other thing that I know Jason and his team do really well, and part of it's from listening to this conversation, part of it's from the conversation we had with his uh, he and part of his team in, at Seller Summit. But they have the ability to problem solve and troubleshoot, mm. right? Because you can have two listings that you do everything identical on. You optimize the same way. You know, you pull five listings from scope. You pull the keywords. You do that. And for some reason, it just doesn't go. And that, I think, is the thing that a lot of people, they just go, well, I launched it and nothing happened. Right? And, Jason, I know you and your team kind of take a look at everything. And, Scott, this is what you and I do, too. You take a look at everything and go, well, okay, if everything else is equal, we missed something somewhere. Yeah. And you have to have the ability to go back and reflect and see where you missed.
0: Mm.
2: And I know Jason's team is really good at that. And that's something that I think you and I get emails a lot that they missed just that reflection, right? Mm -hmm. They said, I did everything right up front when we do hot seats and we get that all the time. You know, my listing is perfectly optimized. Well, if it was perfectly optimized, you'd be selling more, right? Right. So let's, let's take a minute and see if we missed it in the title, if we missed it in the description, if we're just not positioning the product right. If we're not talking about it correctly. Mm-hmm. We might think it's a gingerbread house, but it's actually a gingerbread fortress. Right. Right? Like right. Though, <laughs> that's kind of the the other lesson that I think people need to pull out of that is, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of that last missing step. If everything goes well then great. But if it blows up in your face and you did everything else right, you have to have the ability to go back and walk through it step by step and see where it broke.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of like starting um, you know, or, or having everything launched and then going back and kind of like taking each step and going back and seeing where it didn't work. And then from there, that's something that you need to test to try to get that thing to work. Um, so it's, it's, it's kind of like reversing the process in a sense. And um, exactly. and, and, that, and that, that's huge. That's, that's huge for any business, small or large. Um, all right. Let's end with um, something I know that you want to definitely address because it's a big deal for you, because none of this could happen, especially at the scale that you're at, Without other people helping you, so why don't you talk a little bit about a team? And um, you know, depending on if someone has a one-person team or you know, a, a hundred-person team, what does a team mean to you? And 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 kind of like all the different workings within that.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely a key thing about how to grow and how to scale is making sure you identify that there's that what your culture wants to be and kind of how um, people can are quote work together what their skill sets are but really helping to them identify what does success look like what are what our goals what are the objectives and write it down we have a board we have a whiteboard up there that we have what we call a, a curve a daily curve that we're Literally doing tick marks of did we hit today's sales? Did we hit today's sales with? Um, overall sales or at a new product launch and we have clear goals and we uh, we celebrate when we do that, right? So people want to um, be rewarded they want to know what success looks like and they um when, uh, definitely when you become a larger organization you can, might get lost in the minutiae about yeah. uh, it's a widget but while it's not just a widget it's here's all the moving parts and you have to kind of be invested in the overall uh, um the overall goal so yeah. um that's uh that's definitely um very important
0: No, I I think that's huge. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I I just mentioned this the other day on another another episode where, you know, I kind of look at business as a game in a sense. Right. So it's we have a team and I always kind of relate it back to sports. But it's like if I have a football team and we get together, we're all going out there to win as a group. Right. As a team. And we're going to run plays and some are going to work and some aren't. We're going to go back in the huddle and we're going we're to talk about it. Or maybe the people that are up in the booth that are looking down that are seeing the defense do something differently, we're going to adjust, right? And that's team. So you're going to celebrate together and you're also going to, you know, talk about the failures together and how we can then um, kind of come in and, and, or kind of overcome those. And I think it's important for people to understand that everything that we're doing is kind of like a test, But we're also kind of going after those goals in mind. So whether you're a one person team with just yourself, you can still create these these short term goals, long term goals, and then from there celebrate, you know, the wins and also then address the failures. And then how do you pivot from that that moment? But if you definitely if you if you have people that are are within your team, one person, two two people, 10 people definitely have the same vision. And then also like you put here in your notes, reward them. Like, you know, give them some type of incentive that if we hit something uh, at a certain level, they get something. And it doesn't have to necessarily be money. It could be like you're going to get a you know, dinner out with your wife, you know, for the night or whatever. Or maybe a, a hotel and a, and a dinner or whatever, right? Like there could be something like that that you can reward them. Um, and and then from there, everyone is happy, and everybody's kind of on the same team, so I, I love it. Chris, anything you want to end with the team stuff? I know we have our own little internal team that, you know, we, we you know, kind of do similar things, and it's kind of like, I think you just feel more part of the process.
2: Well, you do, and, and going back to your football analogy, the one thing that a lot of people miss, whether they're a solo entrepreneur or they're on a team, and Scott, you and I are both guilty of this, is you don't, the the phrase that gets thrown around like in in the silicon valley community and our buddy Joel's going to have a heart attack when he hears this but <laughs> you don't know what you don't know right right but you need to know what you don't know if you're a if you're a quarterback you're not a running back right mm-hmm. you're not designed to put your head down and run and if you get hurt that causes issues but you're really good at throwing maybe you have to scramble right so you have to know what you're good at mm. and if you're a solo person you don't do the stuff that you're not good at, right? You find somebody that can do it for you. If you're terrible on video, maybe you don't do Facebook lives. Maybe you find somebody to do that for you. You don't have to do everything. And that's the thing that bogs a lot of people down. If you're by yourself, it's impossible to do everything. And as you start to find people who can bring you up where you're weak, that's when you start to build the team and that's when you can start to expand that stuff. So you have to be honest with yourself, identify where you're weak, and then see if you can find somebody that's strong in that area. And Jason, just having met some of the people on your team, I know that's how you guys are built. And I think that's a big portion of the reason why you guys are so successful right now and you're going to continue to be.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Jason, man, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you're a busy guy. And like I said before, hopefully you'll come back on again and share some of your insights and some of the the things that you're, uh, that you're working on. Um, any last little bits of um, advice for anyone that's either starting or that's, you know, kind of uh, moving through, you know, this Amazon slash e-commerce space?
1: It, uh, one step at a time, you know, it takes, it takes time and, uh, reward yourself with the little successes, you know, to look at, look at the the one day ahead and what are you going to get accomplished today? And, uh, be proud of, uh, when you get accomplished. Yeah. Uh, that that's important.
0: It, it is important. And from a guy that ran a hundred mile, uh, something, or another, I don't even know what it was. What, what did you run that you ran like a hundred miles? It was a 100-mile trail
1: run in the (laughs) desert of Arizona.
0: Crazy, right? So take it from a guy that's ran 100 miles uh, to take one step at a time or one stride at a time because this guy knows about taking one step at a time. I don't know how you did it, brother. I really don't, but (laughs) congratulations. I'll tell you you how
2: he did it. Do you want to know how he did it, Scott? How, How
0: did he do it? Tell me
2: one step at a time. Oh yeah, that's
0: right. He did. <laughs> All right. Well, Hey Jason, thank you so much, man. And I look forward to, uh, to hearing more. I know we'll be in touch and keep me posted as usual and keep rocking, man. It's uh it's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I will be back in touch with,
2: uh, letting you know how our, our big seasons have come.
0: Awesome. Chris, thank you again too, brother. I appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Anytime, man.
0: All right, so I wasn't kidding, right? I mean, we can go on for hours with Jason. He's just so willing to share and just an all-around great guy. And fun fact, and you guys heard me talk about that, the guy ran 100 miles, 100 miles in one, one race, craziness. And if you've ever met him, he's just a small little guy. He's just, he's really he's lightweight guy, thin. I mean, you gotta be thin if you ran 100 miles, right? I mean, oh my gosh, but anyway, the guy knows what it takes uh, as far as like hard work, and he knows what it takes in a business and just in doing stuff like that, and a lot of it is mindset, and he's got a great mindset. He's, he's just a smart guy, too. But I just wanna thank him again, and I wanna you know thank all of you that have emailed me since the last episode, which was uh, episode 386 that I had him on, and and uh, or whether it's on Facebook or Instagram and just uh, really just saying how much you enjoyed that deep dive. And I can also look at the numbers and know that a lot of you listened because I got a ton of downloads from episode 386. So, and I think this one will probably be right up there with it as well. And we'll be having him back on. But again, I just want to go back to... Pick one thing that you can focus on that you can either add to your business or just even during a launch. Uh, The one main thing that I know a lot of you have been asking questions about when we do Facebook Lives is the list building. So I'm going to actually give you a resource here if you have not heard me talk about this. We did a free workshop, totally free, all right? And it shows exactly how you do what Jason's doing and what we're doing. And it's working really, really well. And that can be found at TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash build list. All right, so that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. Uh, Hopefully, you guys got a ton from this. I'm going to remind you, as always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. But you have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.